Uh, so 2 Corinthians chapter 13, I hope you have your copy of the scripture with you. Um, again, I want to say, I haven't said for a bit, but if you, if you don't have your own Bible, let me know, and we're happy to get you one. I obviously think it's so important that everyone has your own Bible to read. Uh, now, I know many of you don't carry your own paper Bible. You've downloaded Bible or Bibles, and you've got all that on your phone. It doesn't matter to me if you've got it on your phone or your tablet or your iPod or iPad or whatever it is that you've got, or if you have a, a paper copy. The important thing is that you have God's Word and that you read it every day. We are challenged uh, to do that. Now, I will start by saying you've, you've all survived 2016. So, uh, well done. Good on you. There's, uh, there's, um, there's a bit of a, a thing out there as people are saying that 2016 is killing people. It's taking people's lives. Now, I don't think any year takes anyone's life, but um, it was a, a big year for people in, uh, in acting realm and musician, you know, musicians, actors, uh, those kind of things, kind of a lot of famous people uh, ended up seeing the end of their life uh, before the end of 2016. And, um, and that's, that's always regretful, and it just happened to be where a lot of it was in 2016. But we're all here, and so we're so glad that you've made it into another year and that you've come to, uh, to join us. Now, I don't know how you are on New Year's resolutions. A lot of people just go, oh, that's a bunch of rubbish to do New Year's resolutions. Um, because I think the reason most of us think it's rubbish is because we, we never follow through on them anyway. Uh, a lot of us make these great commitments, and uh, some of you have spent the last week or so maybe reflecting on how the year has been, on, on how you've been in the year, how things have gone for you, and maybe some things you'd like to see change. Uh, and maybe you've made those commitments, maybe you've written them down and said, this is going to be the year that we're going to follow through on those commitments. And, uh, and I actually hope that you have done that, because I, I see that there is importance in... Um, whether you write down your resolution or whatever that is, whether it's on the 1st of, of January each year that you kind of make a commitment to stick with it, or whether it's other points in your life, I think there's a great importance in us as, as people in uh, reflecting who we are and how we've been and how we can uh, change and improve. Uh, and, and the same is true even in our spiritual life. And I think it's important that we, we do reflect uh, on, on who we are and... Um, you know, what we can, we can change. Because as awesome as I think of all of you are, um, I would say, I'd venture to say that, that each of us have things that we can improve on. Each of us have things that we can do. And so maybe, uh, maybe this year you've committed to uh, being a, a better spouse or a better parent, a better employer, a better employee, a better friend, uh, a better servant uh, of God, a better neighbor simply a better you. Now they say uh, late December to January is uh, the busiest time for, uh, for gyms and fitness centers because everyone's committed that this is the year I'm going to get into shape. And then about March or April are some of the biggest times that everyone drops their, their gym membership because they realize I haven't used it in three or four months uh, and I'm, I'm not following through on that commitment. So I, I hope that uh, you... You not only make commitments, whether it be physical change or spiritual change, uh, emotional stuff, whatever that is, uh, I hope that we, we do have times of reflecting and, uh, and, and being willing to change. And we also need to be willing to allow God, as His children, we need to be willing to allow God to let us know some things that we need to change. How can we improve 
in our relationship with God? How can we improve in our walk with Him? How can we improve in our witness in the community? And so, as the church, we want to be challenged to know God more and to serve God more, to be more honoring to God uh, each and every year. And 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 5 to 10, is, is a time in which Paul uses to, to challenge the church at Corinth that they improve a few things. Because he has heard that there are some, some dramas going on in the church, and he's heard that there are some challenges there. And he has had a history of having to come back to Corinth and sort out all the problems in the church and, and encourage the people and, because they said he is a spiritual authority as, and as an apostle of, of Christ and that uh, they, they would listen to him and so they would do the right thing while Paul was with them as he kind of straightened them out and then as he would go, they would kind of drift back down and start going the wrong way again. Have you ever known people do that? Maybe children who, who behave really well when the, the parents are around and then all of a sudden they stop sliding the mattress down the steps or they stop doing whatever it is and everything is uh, calm and wonderful for a few months while the parents are back there and then they go back to doing whatever they were doing. Well, that's kind of how the church at Corinth were acting uh, when Paul writes this letter to them in 2 Corinthians. And, um, and so he, he challenges them to... Um, to straighten up a few things and to examine themselves so that he doesn't have to do it himself when he gets there because that's not how God designed the church to work. It wasn't based on what one person, any one person's authority that God has blessed them with. It wasn't blessed on, uh, based on uh, what any one man says to do, but on following God individually as his church, uh, trusting God with the church. And so look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning verse 5, says this, Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you failed the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I'm writing these things when I'm absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh with you in my use of authority, the authority that God gave me to build, up, build you up, not for tearing you down. Let's just pray. Heavenly God, I thank you and I praise you for your precious gift of your word. I pray, Lord, that you lead us through it now as your church. Help us, Lord, to allow you to challenge us and to change us into who you want us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This is a beautiful passage in which um, Paul says, examine yourselves. Have a look at your life, your own spiritual life. Have a look at what you're doing in the church. Have a look at your spiritual journey and see if you are living according to God's grace according to God's mercy. See if you were in the faith. Now he says, don't you realize that Christ Jesus is in you? It's, it's not just Paul who has to come and, and lead you in the church. It's not just for pastors and leaders. Christ Jesus is in all who trust in him. The Holy Spirit, 
resides in the hearts of believers. And so he is with you to lead you. And he says, unless, of course, you fail the test and, and you look at your life and you go, no, I, I'm not a Christian. But Paul actually says this in a way of saying, I know that if you examine yourselves, you will see Christ is in you. Of course you're not going to fail the test. You are a child of God. He, God's Spirit is in you. And He will lead you and restore you and heal you as a church, as a Christian. And he goes on and says, I trust that you'll not discover that we have failed the test, but that we've been faithful and true in following God's ways. And he says, I, I pray... I pray that you'll not do anything wrong, not so that people will look at, at Paul and say, wow, Paul is a great leader of the church because the church at Corinth is going well, but so that you'll continue to do what is right, even if people think that we have messed up or failed. He doesn't want the church to be based on any one person, but on the people of God faithfully following God together. He says, oh, I'm so glad when, when we are weak, but you are strong. And we are together seeking to honor God and serve in whatever way we can. When I'm not able to do certain things, when I'm not able to serve, you step up and serve faithfully and together as one body, as one church, we are serving God. And he said, I write you these things to encourage you now to change and to encourage you now to have a look at your, your spiritual life, your walk with God, so that God can change these things. And I don't have to, to try to, to fix it when I get there. Because God has given me authority in the church not to tear you down, but to build you up. Isn't that a beautiful line for, for a pastor or for a church leader? God has given me a place of authority to build you up, not to tear you down. I want to say that I think, as I said earlier, it's important that we, in our spiritual life, take time to just have a look at how our relationship with God is going. Do you really know Him? How much time are you spending talking with God? Just spending time with God? If we don't spend time talking with Him, listening to Him, following His ways, we don't really know Him. How are we supposed to share Him? How much devoted time do you spend with Him? Now, some of you have been spending, been spending the last couple of weeks just going, you know what? I need to spend more time with, with my spouse or I need to spend more time with my family. There may be some of you who are saying, hey, I need to spend more time at work because I'm not as devoted there as it could be. But that's pretty rare, isn't it? A lot of times people are spending too much time in, in work or too much time in other things and not time developing those important relationships. Those of you who are parents, uh, you spend time every once in a while just looking around going, man, kids are growing up so quickly. This time is just, they, they were so little. Now they're getting so big. That time just gets away so quickly, doesn't it? And if you don't devote that time, well, you've got it. They're gone. We've got to make time for people. You've got to make time for uh, your spouse and, and those that you love, your siblings and, and your parents. And if you don't take time to actually talk with them and, and listen to them and just get to know them and share life with them, then there's not much relationship, is there? We have to look at how much relationship we have with God. 
How much devoted time are you spending with him? And what evidence can people see of your love for God? I just think it is evident. It's evident if you, you love someone. It's, it's evident if you, you love your, your kids or your family. It's, it's evident if you love your, your spouse. That, that should be obvious to, to everyone. Everyone should know of that sort of love and, and, and devotion and commitment. And everyone should be able to tell by how we live our lives that we are God's and that we have a relationship with Him. Paul mentions this a couple places other than just the Second uh, Corinthians challenge here. He mentions it in Galatians chapter 5 in which he lists the, the fruit of the Spirit in which he says, as you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He also listened, uh, listed um, here in the book of Ephesians, um, let me list this for you. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning verse 8. It says, You were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. The, tr- the fruit of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. It should be evident by our lives that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How is your relationship with God? Are you spending time with Him every day? I just think it's so important that you not only read your Bible every day, but that you just spend time with God, whether that's out on the lake or um, at Soldier's Beach in the rain or whatever that is, that uh, you have some time on your own to just spend time with God. Walk with Him. Talk with Him every day. I think we should not only look at how's our relationship with God, but also how much do we know His Word? How much do we know the Bible? How much do you read the Bible? We talk about how we know how to to live and how we know what God wants from us or how He is to guide us, but so often we don't take time getting to know His Word. Now, I've been blessed to have never had much need for, uh, to go and see a, a lawyer. I was going to say I don't have any, t- I almost said I don't have any time for lawyers, or I've never had time. If you're a lawyer out there or you've got family lawyers, I'm not saying anything against attorneys or, or people of the law. I have great respect for them and, and great respect for their knowledge. But I, I have a good friend uh, who I went to high school with, and uh, he was an attorney, and then he's a judge, and um, now he's like a, he's a state judge and about to be a federal judge. Um, and his dad was a federal judge before him and was going to be on the Supreme Court. So this is like a family of nerdy lawyers. Like they just know the law inside and out. And if you go to this guy's house, his name's Gene and his dad's name's Gene, so it's pretty easy to keep him straight. Um, if you go to this guy's house, on all his walls are books of law. How boring, right? He's got books this thick. I mean, every book is this thick, all on the walls in his, in his house. If you go to his office, guess what's on the, on the walls? Books of law. Law everywhere. And I think this guy doesn't know anything but the law. Now he's a good guy. I like, I like Gene. I always liked his dad. They, they know the law inside and out. Now, if I wanted an attorney, if I wanted, Gene would be my man. He's the one I'm going to go to because I know he knows his stuff. Because he doesn't just have those books on his wall, on the bookshelf. He reads them. 
And he knows them. And he's one of those, you know, you see it on crime shows, don't you? Well, actually, in, uh, you know, whatever, this, this verse is this verse. In 1967, this is the case. And they set a precedent for this. This is one of those guys, he just knows the law like that. He can just quote it off. And uh, he knows what you're supposed to do in following the laws. He's a man of the law. Now, again, I, I've been blessed. I've never had that much need for, for mechanics. So you just kind of do a tune-up every once in a while and uh, try to keep the car running. But if I'm to go to a mechanic, I don't want to walk into some place that I say, oh, look, here's what's going on with, with my car. You know, do you think you can help? And he goes, oh, I don't know. Put it up on the racks and we'll, we'll see what's going on. I've never heard of that problem before, but... Um, I don't know. We'll pull the tires off, and we'll pull a few things off, and we'll just we'll just keep exploring until maybe we we get to what it is. Yeah, you know? I would love to to walk in a place where you just kind of name a problem, and they go, "Oh, mate, that's that's this." And 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 we've all been to mechanics that uh, they can say, "Fool, it doesn't sound good," or they go, "Oh, that sounds simple," and then they get into it in a few minutes' time, maybe, and they 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 ring you back and they say. Oh, actually, it was better than we expected because I got in there and I thought, nope, actually, before I checked that, it could be something else. And so I checked that. It was this piece of cake. You're, you're home free, free of charge. Isn't that going to be great? That's great. <laughs> Wonderful, isn't it? But it's good to go to a, a lawyer who knows the law, isn't it? It's good to go to a mechanic who knows cars, who knows the stuff. Well, it's also good to be able to talk to a Christian who knows God who knows about God, not only just has a relationship with him and, and, and is walking with him and talking with him, but you do know God's Word and you know how he has guided us and you use God's Word to guide us every day. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6 and, uh, 16 and 17. Again, this is uh, Paul writing to young Timothy. And he says, All Scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for, for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training us in righteousness so that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Isn't that a great passage? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for creating us into who God wants us to be. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the Word of God. We need to know God's Word. We need to be spending time with Him every day in His Word to know how He wants us to live, to be challenged by Him, and to allow God's Spirit, as we read in God's Word, to teach us His ways, to show us how to live in His truth. Now I want to get away from the biblical part of how we are to live and to get it more personal for some of us. And I want to say, how are you physically? Are you looking after yourself? I actually have written down my notes How's your body? Now, I don't want some of you going, oh, I'm pretty good, actually. Thank you. Um, it, but to say, are you looking after yourself? Now, some of you have driven by our house this morning, and you may have recognized that we've done a little bit of a clean-out. Some of you were a bit afraid that we've moved out, I think. Uh, there was so much stuff in the garage that uh, we just did a little bit of a clean-out. And we ordered a, a council pickup. And from time to time, it's important we do that, isn't it? Uh, otherwise, we just the rooms keep piling up. The garages get to where we can't walk through them anymore. And it's, it's sometimes important to, to look through and just go, you know what, this is rubbish. 
this isn't useful, this isn't helpful, I'm just going to either give that to someone else or we're going to let that go. Uh, that's just rubbish. And yet sometimes in our own physical life, we fail to do that and we just go, you know what? I just I welcome the rubbish. I love the stuff. And I'm just going to keep on putting rubbish in my life, keep on letting things pile up to where nothing is functioning anymore and nothing is working properly. But the Bible actually challenges us to, to look after ourselves and to not fill our, our, our lives with, with junk, but to, um, to, to care for ourselves so that we can stay as, as healthy as, as possible and we can keep on uh, serving God, keep on loving one another, keep on being there to support one another. Now, this is not about getting that beach body. Uh, and, um, I mean, we're at the beach tonight, so it's too late for some of you. If, you, if, you, uh, if, you, if you're not there already, um, you just have to go with what you got. Now, January, as I said, is a big time, especially in America, for people joining the gym because it's not summer there. And they just go, right, if I start now, maybe I can have that beach body by, by summertime, by June, July. For Australians, it's too late. You know, it's already summertime. And so if you wait until January... Um, it's too late, but this is not about getting in that, that beach body or uh, how presentable you are for, for other people. This is about your own self-care. We're, we're called to look after ourselves, to be there. Because if you don't start looking after yourselves, some of you aren't going to be there for your kids. You're not going to be there for your spouse. You're not going to be there to, to show that neighbor Christ's love. We have to look after ourselves. Now, 1 Corinthians 3.16 is a, a, a popular passage talking about don't we know that our body is the, the temple of God. Actually, in the, the context of Scripture, Paul is, is writing actually to the whole church saying you are uh, a group of bodies which is the, the church, the temple of God in which God resides. We are called to, but we are called to honor God with our bodies, which, um, yes, that, that, that can involve uh, no smoking and, and drinking to excess and uh, no taking you know, subs using substances to, to abuse, exercise and caring for ourselves. And so I do have to ask, as we go into this new year, yes, how's your relationship with God? How much do you know the Scripture? And how are you caring for your physical self, your body? Now, if I get a bit more personal, I'll just say, how's your attitude? Some of you, some of you had a long night last night. You didn't even want to get out of bed this morning, much less come see us. You're going, oh, the last thing I want to do is go to church. I said that this morning. I said, oh, my goodness. I can't be bothered doing anything today. Now, I love church. I love you guys. But there's some honesty for you. I just woke up going, oh, not too wise today, Sunday, God. Why does why that to be this morning? Why can't you just delay it for a day and I'll get up in the morning and be fine? But then Sunday would be a Monday, and then we'd be even more confused, and then we'd go, oh, it's a holiday, and um, we'll, we, we just sometimes have to check our attitude, don't we? Because sometimes we go, oh, man, man, everybody's in a bad mood, aren't they? I'm glad it's not me. I'm happy and wonderful and fine, but everybody else around me is miserable all day long, and I don't know what it is. Sometimes we have to be realist enough to stop and look at ourselves and say, Okay, maybe that's me. Maybe my attitude toward things needs to change. Paul, again, challenges this in Philippians 4, uh, a great passage in, in Philippians, saying whatever is true and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, 
Set your mind on these things. And he continues to say to follow Christ in humility and grace. Psalm chapter 55 verse 22 says, Cast all your cares unto the Lord and He will sustain you. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. Are you having the attitude of being stressed and and anxious and worried about everything? Or do you have an attitude of trust? An attitude of freedom? Have you ever noticed how people's attitudes seem to change when they're on holidays? The same sort of things. Your kids might be misbehaving just as much. Might be doing crazy things and you go, Oh, we're on holidays. That's fine. Just go for it. Yeah? Wrestle each other to the ground. That's fine. We're on holidays. Yeah? Dunk each other in the pool. That's fine. We're on holidays. Whatever it is that's, that annoys you with their behavior, maybe during the, the week-to-week kind of grind of life, all of a sudden it doesn't matter because you're chilled back laying in the hammock watching them play. Because you're on holidays and there's not a care in the world. Well, it's interesting because we're, we're challenged to live every day like a holiday. Now, I wish I could say that every day for Christians is like a holiday. That's not always the case, is it? But our attitude in these situations, our attitude in the stressful times, our attitude in when the burdens are piling up is to be an attitude of freedom, an attitude that says, I'm going to cast all these cares unto God because He's the only one strong enough to carry them. I can't do it on my own. I need a break. I need a holiday. And God says, here, give your workload to me for a while. And I, in fact, every day, and I will carry you. Paul in Philippians 4, 13, everyone knows this verse. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But Paul is not just saying, well, I can do anything because God gives me strength. He's saying, I've been in the toughest of times and I've been in need and I've been been wanting and needing things and and longing for things and I've had times of abundance and, and blessing. And I've learned that no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, whether it be good or bad by the world's standards, I can do anything through Christ who gives me strength. That's a beautiful attitude, isn't it? Saying, it doesn't matter if if the world says I'm blessed. It doesn't matter if the world says I'm in need. I know that God will see me through. I can put my trust in Him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord in every situation. And don't depend on your own understanding. In, In all your ways, follow Him, and He will direct you. It's your attitude on things of Christ. It's your attitude one of trust and freedom in Him. Or are we as burdened as the world? And then how is your witness for Jesus? A simple question is, does your life attract people to God? Or does it distract people away from Jesus? When you're at the beach, can people see Christ in you? When you're at home with your family, can people see Christ in you? When you're at work, can people see Christ in you? When you're at the shops, or out in the community, can people see Christ in you? Your, your online presence, whatever that might be, through social media kind of stuff, can people see Christ in you? We have a job to do in sharing love, God's love and grace. He's chosen us as His church to, as a method of sharing that love and grace with the community in need, and we've got some work to do in recognizing how is our witness for God and how can we... Spend more time with God. How can we get to know God's Word more? How can we care for ourselves physically and emotionally, surrendering ourselves to God, working to care for ourselves so we can be the witness God wants us to be? How can we surrender our lives to Him 
so that he is using us, so that he's speaking through us. We've been given a wonderful opportunity to join God on mission of sharing his love and grace with his community in need. I want to challenge us all this morning. Check your relationship with God. Check your knowledge of his word. Check your physical health. Check your attitude that's in Christ. And check your witness that how we are speaking and how we are living is not turning people away from Jesus, but it's drawing them to his life-changing grace. Let's just pray. God, I just thank you and I praise you for who you are. I thank you for, for the love and the grace that you give to us. Not that we deserve, but because you're merciful. And Lord, I pray that, that we do use this as a time that we can say, God, show us what we need to change. Change us, God. Help us to change. May your spirit work in our, our hearts and our lives to bring about this change. May we get to know you more. May we know more of your word. May we care for ourselves physically and emotionally. May we surrender our stresses and our anxieties and our challenges to you and trust you in every situation. And God, help our lives lead people to you. For you are the one who heals. You are the one who restores. You are the one who shows grace and mercy to the lost and broken world. We just want to lift you up and allow you, God, to change hearts and lives through us, your church. Be honored and glorified, God. Do it all. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.